Deborah uses the power of influence to move Barak's heart and feet into action so that Israel could be victorious and gain freedom. I wonder what freedom and victory await you and those in your life if you learn how to hone in and properly use your God-given power to influence. I believe it can make the world of difference in your life and the lives of those around you. Hello, beloved, and welcome to Beloved Women with me, Christina Patterson, where we help women to learn, love, and live God's word. If you're new here, please be sure to subscribe for new videos each week. And for those of you returning, welcome back. For beloved Bible studies, study guides, daily devotions, and unlimited ad-free videos to grow your faith, download the Beloved Women app today. Today's video is part of our crazy or called Bible study series where we are learning what happens when God calls ordinary people to extraordinary purpose. Find the link to the entire series below and get your crazy or called Bible study guide at thebelovedboutique.com or on Amazon. With billions of users on social media every day, scrolling, watching, and double tapping, our need to be recognized and validated by others has never been more apparent. With this has come the rise of the social media influencer, an individual who has monetized their presence online by their ability to sway and impact the purchasing decisions of their followers. The word influence itself can mean to control, move by power, or to affect by gentle action. The power of influence is that most people don't even realize they are being influenced. It's not so obvious that you are being sold to, but through subtle suggestions or intentional product placement at just the right time, influencers increase the desire of their audience to buy a product, make a decision, or hold a belief without them even knowing what's really happening. Influence doesn't force, it convinces. It doesn't prove itself, it creates desire. While some strive for authority to gain power, many more are realizing the power of influence. Where authority affects behavior, influence affects one's beliefs. That's the power of influence. And the truth is, we all have it. Even more, we get to choose how we will use the influence that has been given to us, not just to answer God's call on our lives alone, but to help others fulfill God's purposes. When we look at the life of Deborah, we see a woman called to influence and who teaches us how to wisely use our influence for the glory of God as we answer his call on our lives. During the time of Deborah, she was a judge in Israel and the Israelites had been in bondage to the Canaanites for over 20 years. As they cried out to the Lord for help, the Lord heard their cries and told a man named Barak to go up against Jabin's army. Jabin was the king of Canaan who harshly oppressed the Israelites. God had already told Barak that he would be victorious in this battle to acquire the freedom of his people. But Barak did not go as the Lord instructed. So Deborah summoned him and asked, has not the Lord, the God of Israel commanded you go gather your men at Mount Tabor, taking 10,000 from the people of Naphtali and the people of Zebulun. And I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you by the river of Kishon with his chariots and his troops, and I will give him into your hand. Barak said to her, if you will go with me, I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. Now she said, I will surely go with you, 
Nevertheless, the road on which you are going will not lead to your glory, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. What we know from Deborah's words to Barak is that they were both aware of God's promise to give Israel victory against their enemies, but their responses to this promise were different. Barak decided not to do anything. Deborah, on the other hand, was ready to act. Now, why were their responses so different to the same promise of God? For one, Deborah believed in God and took him at his word. Barak, on the other hand, believed more in Deborah and her relationship with God than his own, which is why he tells Deborah that he will not go to battle without her. Deborah could have said, you are a no good man. I am going to go to battle myself. But Deborah was wise enough to know her role. She knew that she was not the one that God called to go to battle. Barak was. She was not a warrior. She was a prophetess. For Deborah to try to take over Barak's position, even though he wasn't doing it himself, would not have led to victory. Barak's inaction and Deborah's misguided action could have led to even more years of servitude for the Israelites. Now, Deborah does say in response to Barak that if she goes to battle, victory will be given to a woman. It's natural to think that she's talking about herself, but she is really prophesying about how Jabin will be killed, which if you read ahead in the text is at the hand of another woman named Jael. Another option Deborah had when Barak refused to go to battle was she could have made Barak feel bad and emasculated him by saying she would not go with him and he needed to just man up. But Deborah was wise enough to know that tearing someone down and pointing out their weaknesses or telling them to figure it out on their own does not help them to get better. It actually does the opposite. Had Deborah refused to go to make a point and then Barak really didn't go either, an entire nation of people would still be in jeopardy of prolonged captivity. So instead of taking matters into her own hands or refusing to go with Barak at all, Deborah uses the power of influence to move Barak's heart and feet into action so that Israel could be victorious and gain freedom. I wonder what freedom and victory await you and those in your life if you learn how to hone in and properly use your God-given power to influence. I wonder what relational challenges you could avoid if you chose to stop controlling and start using godly influence. I believe it can make the world of difference in your life and the lives of those around you. We are all called to influence. And so we might wonder, how do we operate in and administer godly influence? As we look at Deborah, we learn three important characteristics of someone who uses their influence to answer God's call on their life and who helps others to do the same. As we are called to influence, we have to realize that our influence should be motivated by God's word and not people's opinion. From the text, we learned that Deborah was judging Israel at a time when they had been disobedient to God. Much of the book of Judges is this cyclical story of the Israelites following God, disobeying God, facing the consequences of their disobedience, and then repeating the process over and over again. During Deborah's time as judge over Israel, the Israelites were in captivity because they had strayed away from God's truth. Yet every day, people would come to Deborah to settle disputes and for her to give judgments to the people. She was trusted because of the wise counsel and righteous judgment she provided. I love the fact that Deborah, in a time where people had strayed away from God's truth, stayed true 
to his truth. She didn't just tell people what they wanted to hear to use her influence to get what she wanted. Instead, she used her influence to establish God's truth among the Israelites. Often people think that in order to have influence, you must tell people what they want to hear to get them to like you. But a true godly influence stays true to God's word, despite public opinion, because it is the truth of God that helps people. Notice how people came to Deborah and trusted her, although she rightly judged based on God's truth and not just on what people wanted to hear. It's not people liking us that changes souls, but the word of God. If we don't hold true to God's word, we take the strength out of any influence we might have. We then may be popular, but not powerful to help bring true solutions to people's lives. That's why people kept coming to and trusting Deborah. She didn't have to force herself on anyone because she was influential. She was a solution to the problems of her people, even if it went against a culture that was out of alignment with God. She was so close to God that instead of culture changing her, she was able to change it. That's what true influence is about. That's the influence that we are called to. Deborah motivated God's people back to him, but it started with her own commitment to God and his truth. If we want to be influencers, it starts within. Godly influential power starts in our hearts way before it overflows to impact others. So how do we do this? We influence from the inside out. We remain faithful to God's love and truth by reading and studying his word, praying and fellowshipping with other believers. We do all this to strengthen ourselves up to look like Christ, who is drawing all men unto himself and not to look like the world. Looking like the world is not influential. Why would anyone be impacted by someone who is doing exactly what they can do by themselves? This is why Jesus calls us to be light in a dark world. So following God will make you stand out in culture. But if we want to be influential, we are supposed to stand out. Our godliness should make the world look on and wonder, what does she have that I want? This is the influence we are called to. Influence that draws people in to then be pointed to our God. Which leads to the second way we are called to be influential, and that is to have an influence that invites others to a better way of life. Not only does Deborah stay true to God's word and live out his truth, she invites others to do so as well. We are called to an influence that doesn't just want the world to look at us just so they can think highly of us. We want an influence that graciously and humbly invites others to also live out their full potential in God. I love how Deborah reminds Barak of God's words. She does not tell him what he needs to do or criticize him for his inaction. Instead, she reminds him of the promise and truth of God on his life and invites him to live it out. Many influencers today just want you to look at them to see them. They post and create only to get the attention of their audience, but it stops there. But for the Christian who is called to a life of influence for God, our influence isn't just for ourselves. It's not just so we can feel good as people notice us. We don't need all that because we're already secure in Christ. And it's this security that then gives us the freedom to live for him without worrying what the world thinks. And our influence then is used to build up the kingdom of God by pulling out the potential 
of others. It's easy to look at other people's lives and see how they are messing up. It's easy to see someone else's blind spots and call out their shortcomings. It's easy to compare what we're doing right to what everyone else is doing wrong. But what benefit is that to the kingdom of God? If we only point out others' weaknesses and not their strengths and potential, we do way more harm than good. We are called to an influence that can see the good in people and call it out. Well, you might be thinking, I just got to tell it like it is. If you're wrong, you're wrong. But we have to realize we're not only called to speak the truth, we're called to speak the truth in love. Only pointing out someone's weaknesses, tearing them down, condemning them, and attacking them with your words is not loving. The influential lives that we are called to as believers uses our words to heal, restore, and build up. Instead of trying to motivate people with fear and manipulation, we are to motivate people with the promises of God and speak life over them. Godly influence builds trust because it is gracious and safe. Finally, Deborah shows us that we are called to an influence that is fearless to live out God's truth. Deborah was not intimidated by her enemies. So when Barak invites her to battle, there is no hesitation on her part. She will go. She didn't just speak God's truth and only demand that others live it out. She lived it out herself. This is the mark of someone truly walking out their call to influence. Deborah was influenced by God first to live out what she influenced others to do because she truly believed in God and she was not fearful of man. I saw a story the other day of a social media influencer who posted an image on her Instagram account with a picture of her using an Android phone. She was promoting the phone and most likely had been paid by the maker of the phone to share it on her social media account to influence others to buy it. There was just one problem. In the small metadata about the post, there was text that read, posted from my iPhone. (laughs) So she's promoting this Android phone that she's encouraging other people to buy, but she's posting it from her iPhone. When called out about the matter, she quickly removed the post because it would appear that she only shared about this phone for financial gain. She didn't actually use it herself, not even to post the image saying that she did. The influence that we are called to as believers doesn't just inspire and invite others to follow God because of our words, but because of our lives. Deborah embodied this so much that Beric would not go to battle without her. While this reveals some shortcomings on his part, it also reveals the level of influence Deborah had. An influence that brought victory to her nation because she was not afraid to live out what she preached. As we are called to influence, it's not just enough to know God's word. We must boldly live it out, not intimidated by the world, not hesitant by our flesh, but fearlessly ready to take God at his word with our lives. This is the type of life that we are called to as believers that inspires, motivates, and influences others for the good and glory of God. So it is time to be motivated by God's word, 
not by what's popular. It's time to call out the promises of God and potential in others to invite them to a better way of life. It's time to fearlessly step out in faith and do what it is God is calling us to do because the world is watching. It's time for the Debras of our generation to rise up because we have an opportunity to overtake a desperately dying and dark world with the light of Christ through the power of our God-given influence. Stay tuned for a sneak peek at next week's video brought to you by our beloved women members who support our mission to empower women with the love and truth of Jesus Christ. Our members receive exclusive access to beloved women videos, Bible studies, printable study guides, and more. If you like beloved women, you will love being a beloved women member. Learn more and join today at belovedwomen.org. Now enjoy a preview of next week's video. Fear is like a virus. It's hard to get rid of. Just when you think it's gone, it comes back with a vengeance. Just as Peter overcame the fear of getting out of the boat, fear strikes again. This is oftentimes when many people quit. They say, see, I knew I shouldn't have gotten out of that boat. I knew I shouldn't have tried. And they talk themselves out of walking in God's purpose. They believe those obstacles mean that they're headed in the wrong direction and start to become distracted. 